We welcome everyone to the program. My name is J. Paul Newman. My co-host is Rutherford County District Attorney General Jennings Jones. We thank WGNS for providing the airtime. We also thank our producer, Nick Coyne. Most of all, we thank you for listening. In our Inside the Court segment, District Attorney General Jennings Jones will tell you about recent and upcoming grand jury, general sessions, and circuit court activity. Then, in this special edition of the Action Line, we will highlight 10 unsolved cold case murders. It is my hope that by presenting these cases today and asking for the community's help, that the persons responsible for these murders can finally be held accountable, that the families of these victims can find some degree of closure, and that the victims of these murders will ultimately see justice served. This is our community, and these cases are just a sampling of the many unsolved homicides that have occurred in Rutherford County. We all owe three debts. First, to each other, to help make our community safer. Second, to our family, especially our children, to set a good example of what a good citizen does to help the community. And finally, we owe a debt to the seemingly forgotten victims of homicide, a debt that can only be paid with truth and justice. We will begin the broadcast after you listen to these important messages. Are you tired of constantly spending money on sprays and other things to control mosquitoes around your home? If so, come by Holden Hardware and get the Spartan Mosquito Eradicators. When used properly, the Spartan Mosquito Eradicators will kill mosquitoes. Come by Holden Hardware on the square and get the Spartan Mosquito Eradicators. This year, make mosquito control easier and cheaper. Come by Holden Hardware on the square and get the Spartan Mosquito Eradicators. Here at Bud's Tire, we make buying Michelin tires simpler. I'm Allison Mitchell with Bud's Tire Pros. We offer a straightforward approach to service, including nationwide warranties with every purchase. Stop in today to see our full lineup of Michelin and BF Goodrich tires. For whatever you drive, Michelin and BF Goodrich have a tire to fit any need. Bud's Tire Pros, hassle-free, guaranteed. We're located on East Main Street, exactly three miles from the town square, one mile past Rutherford Boulevard. Visit us online at BudsTireProsTN.com. Hi, this is Peter Demas with Demas's Restaurants. One of the places I love to eat out the most and still be able to do so and maintain a healthy weight is at Demas's. You can get those options on the menu online at www.demasrestaurants.com. You can make the decisions that you want to make before you come in. We have options ranging from grilled chicken to fish. You can get it with a side of green beans or spinach or even zucchini. Please have your family join our family for lunch or dinner at Demas's. Hi, this is Amanda at Animal City. Come see us at 919 Northwest Broad Street here in Murfreesboro. Now is a great time to consider flea and tick protection for your pet. We carry a full line of flea and tick products for dogs, cats, rabbits, and ferrets. We also carry a variety of hard-to-find products for your specialty pets. So if you need a pouch for your sugar glider or food for your hedgehog, come see us at Animal City. 
You can find Animal City at 919 Northwest Broad Street in Murfreesboro. This is Inside the Courts. A look at this month's trials, pleas, and grand jury action. Inside the Courts is presented as a courtesy of the Rutherford County Clerk's Office. Good morning, everyone. This is your District Attorney, Jennings Jones. And in this segment, I will be your tour guide as I take you inside the courts. We begin this segment by stating that none of the defendants named in upcoming trials or hearings have been convicted. And, of course, they are presumed by our law to be innocent. With that as a prelude, we will now go inside the courts. On June 27th of 2018, officers with the Murfreesboro Police Department responded to a shooting on Old Las Casas Pike. Upon arrival, officers located Dylan Biddle Jr., who had sustained multiple gunshot wounds. Mr. Biddle later died from his injuries. Officers were also contacted about an unknown male that had been shot and was attempting to get into vehicles at Reeves Rogers Elementary School. That male was later identified as Albert Mustafa. Detective Doug Arrington with the Murfreesboro Police Department was assigned as the lead investigator. Multiple witnesses were interviewed and evidence on the scene was collected by the detective. Upon conclusion of his investigation, it was determined that Mr. Mustafa went to a residence on Old Las Casas Pike with the intent to commit a robbery. Mr. Biddle was a guest at the residence that Albert Mustafa entered. During the course of the attempted robbery, Mr. Biddle was shot and killed. Mr. Biddle was able to return fire, and Mr. Mustafa sustained a gunshot wound as a result of the exchange. Mr. Mustafa has been charged with first-degree murder, aggravated robbery, employing a weapon during the commission of a dangerous felony, and conspiracy to commit the above. Mr. Mustafa is represented by counsel, Mr. Thomas Parkinson, and is presently incarcerated and awaiting his next court date on September the 8th of this year. On April the 30th of 2018, the Laverne Police Department responded to George Buchanan Drive in response to a shooting. Emergency personnel transported the victim, identified as a juvenile, to Vanderbilt Hospital. The victim later died from injuries that he sustained. Also present at the time of the shooting were the victim's younger siblings. Laverne Police Detective Scott Hudgens was assigned as lead investigator. It was determined that the victim was attempting to buy a cell phone that had been purchased or pardon me had been advertised on social media. At the conclusion of the investigation, it was determined that Brian Berry and Marquez Hughes had lured the victim to that location with the intent to rob him. During the course of the robbery, the victim was shot. The defendants have been indicted for first-degree murder, aggravated robbery, and conspiracy to commit the same. Brian Berry is represented by counsel, Mr. John Slager. Marquez Hughes is represented by Assistant Public Defender, Ben Wetzel. The state is represented by Assistant District Attorney, Trevor Lynch. This matter is set for trial beginning January 24th, scheduled to continue through the 28th of 2022. On May 16th of 2017, the Murfreesboro Police Department responded to reports of multiple gunshots in the area of Gateway Apartments. Witnesses reported seeing a black male fleeing the area on foot. A gunshot victim, Mr. Kendrick Love, was located in front of one of the apartment buildings. Mr. Love later died from the injuries he sustained in the shooting. Witnesses on the scene established that the victim went to meet an individual for the purpose of selling marijuana. 
Additional witnesses identified the individual as Tayshawn Patterson, who matched the description of the male seen running on foot just after the shooting. Murfreesboro Police Department Detective Doug Errington has been assigned as the lead investigator. At the conclusion of his investigation, it was determined that Mr. Patterson went to the alleged marijuana deal armed with a firearm and had the intent to rob the victim. Mr. Patterson has been charged with first-degree murder and attempted aggravated robbery. He is represented by counsel, Mr. Kyle Parks. The state is represented by Assistant District Attorney Trevor Lynch. This matter is scheduled for trial beginning February the 22nd, scheduled to continue through the 25th of 2022. On October the 24th of 2020, officers with the Murfreesboro Police Department responded to a shooting that occurred at the intersection of North Tennessee Boulevard and Stonewall Boulevard. Officers discovered the body of Mr. Blake Bolton, who was the victim of two gunshot wounds. Mr. Bolton later died of his injuries. Murfreesboro Police Department Detective Albert Miles was assigned as lead investigator. Detective Miles has charged Mr. Gilliam with the first-degree murder of Mr. Bolton. Following a preliminary hearing on March 23, 2021, the case was bound over to the grand jury. Mr. Gilliam remains in custody of the Rutherford County Adult Detention Center awaiting presentment to the grand jury. Mr. Gilliam is represented by Assistant Public Defender J.D. Driver. The state is represented by Assistant District Attorney Trevor Lynch. On February 6th of 2021, officers with the Murfreesboro Police Department responded to a shooting resulting in the death of 21-year-old Giovanni Gillis at a residence on Ewing Boulevard. Murfreesboro Police Department Detective Cody Thomas has been assigned as the lead investigator. Upon conclusion of Detective Thomas's investigation, Larry Johnson II has been charged with first-degree murder. Following a preliminary hearing in the General Sessions Court of Rutherford County on May 5th of 2021, the case was bound over for presentment to the grand jury. Mr. Johnson is represented by counsel, Mr. Mike Flanagan, and currently remains in custody at the Rutherford County Adult Detention Center. The state is represented by Assistant District Attorney Trevor Lynch. On December the 8th of 2016, Murfreesboro Police Department located the body of Francisca Gomez Cordero in a wooded area off of Elam Road. Francisca Gomez Cordero was an Hispanic female. Based upon their investigation, Murfreesboro detectives have now filed charges against Romulo Hernandez Mayorga. Mayorga has thus far eluded capture. If you have information regarding this case or the whereabouts of Romulo Hernandez Mayorga, please contact Detective Doug Errington of the Murfreesboro Police Department. The phone number to call is 615-893-1311. That number again, 615-893-1311. And that will conclude today's look inside the courts. Listen live to WGNS Radio on our website, and Alexa, or Google devices. Search WGNS Radio for on-demand podcasts in iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, and Stitcher. Plus, we have direct links to podcasts at WGNSRadio.com. You can make a meaningful difference in 2021. KidLink Community Services is currently seeking foster parents in your area. KidLink provides free training and certification. Contact KidLink today at 877-714-1313 or KidLinkServices.com. Family Staffing Solutions is proud of our local veterans. I'm Becky Bookner, and as life challenges appear, talk with Family Staffing Solutions about how we can help you stay at home. Call Family Staffing Solutions. 
Family Staffing Solutions. WGNS proudly salutes and remembers our U.S. veterans who have served our country. United States Army, 1967, and I got out in 1969. In this salute, we talk to a veteran who fought in the Vietnam War. My base pay was $81 when I went into the Army, and they said if you go to jump school and jump out of the airplanes, we'll pay you an additional $55. I said, wow, that's what I chose to do. We're talking with Russell Ashton. Of course, it was a lot of good training. I mean, we're talking about getting physically fit. And I'm sure boot camp was a whole lot different back then compared to today oh, it's a different world it sure is you're a veteran who served during a wartime the average citizen I don't think they understand what that means I don't think they understand what things you may have seen and it's hard to even comprehend when you start to think about it that's right I just I think about it all the time no one has ever looked through my eyes and no one has ever worn my boots I guess that's hard for other people to understand. People here in the great America don't have a clue what's going on in the world. They're just standing around in the dark in broad open daylight. What was life like after you got out of Vietnam and came back home? I immediately went to work due to the fact of how my parents raised me up. I thank God every day for the way that my mother and father raised me up. This has been a salute to veterans on WGNS Radio. The Dave Ramsey Show, where debt is dumb, cash is king, and the paid-off home mortgage has taken the place of the BMW. Weekdays from 1 to 4 on WGNS. Every homicide, every rape, every robbery affects the entire community. People who are victims of these crimes need closure. The people who committed these crimes must be held accountable. Law enforcement needs the community's help in seeking justice. Please listen as we review an unsolved mystery in this month's Cold Case Profile. Sixteen-year-old China Bidian was last seen by her mother the evening of October 19, 1999 at the Murfreesboro Hair Salon. China Vidian left the area of the hair salon driving her black 1999 Mazda Protégé. That is the last time China Vidian's whereabouts can be established. That is the last time anyone has reported seeing China Vidian alive. China Vidian was five weeks shy of her 17th birthday when she disappeared. The young teenager was a part-time employee at the new Bilo supermarket at the corner of Rutherford Boulevard and Southeast Broad Street. She was also a junior at Riverdale High School. Her mother, Suzanne Vidian, became worried when China didn't answer pages or return home at her curfew time. Suzanne Vidian called law enforcement and reported China Vidian missing in the very early morning hours of October the 20th, 1999. Her report began an investigation by the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office and the Federal Bureau of Investigation. Before 3 a.m. that morning, a statewide be on the lookout for was issued for China Vidian and her car. Despite the concentrated efforts of concerned friends, family, and law enforcement, the investigation did not uncover any significant leads as to the whereabouts or welfare of 16-year-old China Vidian. A break in the investigation came in June of 2000. China Vidian's car was discovered in the parking lot of a Nashville apartment complex located just off Interstate 24 at Harding Place in Antioch, Tennessee. The car was processed for evidence by Metropolitan Police. 
The police at that time theorized that China Vidian's car had been in the apartment complex parking lot since shortly after she disappeared. The theory was supported by certain items that were found in the car. Since the investigation began on October 20th, 1999, until now, investigators from the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office have developed and investigated hundreds of leads. Several persons of interest have been interviewed, but no one has been charged. In 2007, China Vidian was legally declared to be dead. Despite the best efforts of family, friends, and law enforcement, the China Vidian disappearance remains an unsolved mystery. The family, friends, and law enforcement officials now ask for your help. If you saw China Vidian near the day of her disappearance or have information concerning what may have caused her disappearance, please contact law enforcement officials. We specifically ask if you were a friend, a classmate, or co-worker of China Vidian and have never talked to the police, please contact law enforcement. China Vidian was a 16-year-old child the day she disappeared. The people who loved her have had to endure the agony of not knowing what happened to her. You may have the missing piece of the puzzle that solves this case. If you have any information regarding the disappearance and fate of China Vidian, we urge you to please contact the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office. In 1985, 68-year-old Elizabeth Shannon, a native of Scotland, was spending the winter with her daughter in Smyrna, Tennessee. Elizabeth Shannon's daughter was married to Clyde Stewart, a highly respected teacher at John Coleman Elementary School. The Stewarts lived on Revel Drive in Smyrna, Tennessee. January the 18th, 1985, started off as any other day. Clyde Stewart and his wife left home that morning to go to work. Elizabeth Shannon remained at the residence, just relaxing and enjoying her visit. All was well, or so they thought. That afternoon, everything was about to change. As Clyde Stewart arrives home, he notices that his front door has been kicked open. When he enters, he finds 68-year-old Elizabeth Shannon on the floor. It is obvious to him that she is dead. Mr. Stewart calls the Smyrna Police Department. The police investigation determined that the home had been burglarized and that Elizabeth Shannon had been shot to death. Despite the best efforts of law enforcement, Elizabeth Shannon's killer remains at large. If you have information regarding the murder of Elizabeth Shannon, please call the Smyrna Police Department. The number to call is 615-459-6644. That number again is 615-459-6644. Please Help us bring justice to the person or persons who committed this brutal crime. Help us provide closure to the family of Elizabeth Shannon. The murder of 65-year-old Gordon Kent has been one of the most challenging cases that the Murfreesboro Police Department has ever investigated. Gordon Kent was brutally murdered inside of his North Maple Street apartment in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. On February the 12th, 1996, 
One of Gordon Kent's neighbors saw two men arrive at Gordon Kent's apartment. The two men were in a dark-colored foreign car. The men go inside Kent's apartment, and a short time later, the two men leave. Later that same day, the car returns, but this time only one of the men is inside. The man enters Gordon Kent's apartment. Soon after that, the neighbor hears banging and yelling coming from Gordon Kent's apartment. And then, a few minutes later, the same man exits the apartment and leaves in a dark-colored car. After the man left, no one ever saw Gordon Kent alive again. The next day, February the 13th, 1996, Gordon Kent's cleaning lady came to the Kent apartment. She was unable to get anyone to come to the door. The police were called. When the police enter the apartment, they discover Gordon Kent's lifeless body. Gordon Kent had been beaten to death. If you have any information regarding the murder of Gordon Kent, please call the Murfreesboro Police Department. The number to call is 615-893-2717. That number again is 615-893-2717. Together, we can make our community a safer place to live. Together, we can solve this case. Together, we can bring Gordon Kent's killer to justice. When we return... I will tell you about even more unsolved murders on this special edition of the Action Line, Cold Case Profiles. Restoration One of Middle Tennessee. A team of experts and immediate responders who help homeowners after disaster strikes. After disaster strikes. Fire, water, or storm damage. We can help you get your life back to normal quickly. Restoration One Middle Tennessee.com. Locally and veteran owned. This is Sean Brown at Tire World on Broad Street. Did you know we specialize in commercial and fleet business? We're equipped to handle all of your company's automotive needs. Download our Tire World app today for free oil changes and electronic coupons. Come by today for all of your automotive needs. Online at tireworld.us. Start your mornings with WGNS. Weekday mornings at 9. The Truman Show. Rutherford Issues with Brian Barrett. Weekday mornings at 10 on the stations of WGNS. About three in the afternoon on March 25, 1977, two Murfreesboro residents are walking down Van Cleef Lane in the Stones River National Battlefield. It is a walk they will never forget. For on this walk, they make a grisly discovery. They find a body of the young man behind some bushes. The location is near an abandoned house on Van Cleef Lane. Because the body was found in a federal park, the Federal Bureau of Investigation is contacted. Federal officials theorize the murder occurred the night before the body was discovered. Federal agents also believe the body had been dragged about 30 feet, probably to conceal it from motorists on Van Cleef Lane. FBI agents ask for assistance from the Murfreesboro Police Department and the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office. Sheriff Craig Snell becomes involved in the case. Later, the autopsy results are released. Sheriff Snell says that Stanley Smith died as a result of two gunshot wounds, one in the neck and one in the temple. 
Sheriff Snell also said the murder weapon was believed to be a 32 caliber pistol. As the case continued to be investigated, law enforcement believed the murder may have been drug-related. The abandoned home near the body was thought to be a drop house for drugs and stolen property. Investigators focused on three men who reportedly left town shortly after the murder. During the investigation, it was also learned that a possible suspect had left town two days after Stanley Smith's body was found. Efforts to prosecute that suspect or anyone else have not been successful. Stanley Smith was 26 years old at the time of his death. He had a family and lived here in Murfreesboro on Richmond Avenue. His family and friends want answers, and they want justice for Stanley Smith. It was the afternoon of June the 8th, 2006, that Henry Richmond frantically dialed 911. He was calling to tell the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office that he had just found his 36-year-old son, James Curtis Richmond, murdered. The grieving father told the deputies that he had become worried when he could not reach his son by phone. His concern compelled him to go to the son's home. When he arrived, he found his son on the patio dead. An autopsy showed that James Richmond had been shot to death. Rutherford County detectives processed the scene. They interviewed more than a dozen friends and associates. They served numerous search warrants. But despite their best efforts, the case eventually went cold. It has been more than a decade since James Curtis Richmond was murdered. His family and friends want answers, and they seek justice. To accomplish these goals, the Rutherford County Sheriff's Department needs your help. If you have information regarding the murder of James Curtis Richmond, you are asked to call the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office. The number to call is 615-904-3038. That number again is 615-904-3038. As a community, we should do all that we can to make sure that no murder goes unsolved. Pam Miracle was last seen alive on July 25, 1991. Pam Miracle was employed as a nurse's assistant at the Boulevard Terrace Rehabilitation Center here in Murfreesboro. She also lived in Murfreesboro, sharing a Division Street apartment with her boyfriend, who was a cab driver. The couple had access to one car, a 1976 Pontiac Aster. Pam Miracle's boyfriend picked her up from work on July 25, 1991. He reportedly drove her to and dropped her off at the old Greyhound bus station near the intersection of Manny Street and Broad Street. That was the last time anyone reports seeing Pam Miracle alive. Pam Miracle's family lived in the state of Ohio and had limited contact with her because of that. Approximately two weeks after that July date, on August the 9th, 1991, Pam Miracle was reported missing by her work supervisor at the rehabilitation center. The supervisor told police that Pam Miracle was last seen at work on July 25, 1991. 
The Murfreesboro police go to the couple's Division Street apartment, and there they locate Pam Miracle's purse and her personal belongings. Weeks later, on August 27, 1991, the couple's 1976 Pontiac is located. The car was found in the parking lot of the Windmill Bar, which was located on Northwest Broad Street near what is now Thompson Lane. Then, 10 months after her disappearance, Pam Miracle's lifeless body was found off an access road next to I-24 in Smyrna. The family and friends of Pam Miracle and law enforcement officials now ask for your help. If you saw Pam Miracle near the day of her disappearance or have information concerning her disappearance or death, please contact law enforcement officials. We specifically ask if you were a friend or co-worker of Pam Miracle and have never talked to the police that you please contact law enforcement. The people who loved Pam Miracle have had to endure the agony of not knowing who killed her or why. You may have the missing piece of the puzzle that solves this case. If you have any information regarding the disappearance and murder of Pam Miracle, please contact the Murfreesboro Police Department. It was the early morning hours of April 24, 2006, that Annalise Guerra was reported missing from her home in Smyrna, Tennessee. Annalise's mother reported that she had last seen her daughter the night before after putting her to bed. Her mother said she woke up in the middle of the night and discovered that Annalise was gone. She told investigators that Annalise Guerra was last seen wearing a small jean dress with little sunflowers. The Smyrna police exhausted every lead. The media was utilized in an effort to keep the public aware, hoping that someone would find Annalise. Law enforcement and community members conducted an extensive search of the Smyrna area, even draining Stewart's Creek. Over 60 people were interviewed, but despite the best efforts of the Smyrna Police Department, no one could locate two-year-old Annalise Guerra. It would be over 20 months before there was a break in the case. On January the 4th, 2008, a couple walking in the Stones River National Battlefield found what appeared to be skeletal remains. The remains were later identified to be the remains of Annalise Guerra. The medical examiner ruled that Annalise Guerra died from blunt force trauma. Another interesting aspect of the case was that the clothing her mother described when she first talked to the police was found nearby. This led investigators to believe that Annalise had been killed around the same time she disappeared. The person who killed two-year-old Annalise Guerra is still at large. It is a case that the Smyrna Police Department continues to investigate. They remain dedicated and confident that this case can and will be solved. When we return, I will tell you about even more unsolved murders on this special edition of the Action Line, Cold Case Profiles. Hey everyone, it's Jeff Gerstman from GiantBomb.com and I'm here with the latest from the world of video games. 
While Microsoft spends most of its gaming time talking about the Xbox brand, the consoles, and its cloud streaming ambitions, the company took a couple minutes out of its big Windows 11 unveiling to touch on some of its gaming plans there. The company will bring Auto HDR over from Xbox to PC. This adds HDR, or high dynamic range lighting, and color depth to games that weren't built to support it originally. Faster load times are also on the way, provided you've got the right hardware. Much like the Xbox Series X, Windows 11 will be able to take advantage of high-performance hard drives via something they're calling direct storage. The short version is that games will be able to toss themselves directly at your graphics card when needed, bypassing any other bottlenecks. The fast load times have been really nice on the new consoles, and this should be a cool speed bonus on PCs, too. Windows 11 will be free for existing Windows users later this year. For more news and reviews from the world of video games, find me at GiantBomb.com. How many bananas equal six feet? This is Soundbites, and I'm Jan Ziff. Sometimes you just need to laugh. In these tense times, you really need to laugh. So why measure your social distancing distances, not in feet, but in bananas, or pizza boxes, or yoga mats, or hundreds of other random household objects? That's the idea behind Six Feet Calculator. Go to numeral six feetcalculator.com and you'll see just how many tea bags it takes to equal six feet or how many bags of potato chips or how many kittens you'll get a chuckle out of it but there's also a practical benefit many people find it hard to visualize six feet as feet but most anyone can relate to the size of common everyday items and if knowing that six feet equals a little less than two hula hoops then this site will serve a purpose have some fun and get a laugh at numeral six feetcalculator.com with sound bites i'm jan ziff for cbs news Partial sunshine develops here this afternoon, a high in the mid-80s. North winds of 5 to 10 miles per hour. Tonight, partly cloudy skies and a low near 58. I'm meteorologist Jennifer Wojcicki on News Radio WGNS. Currently, it's 71. Good morning. Still some traffic here on 231 coming out of Shelbyville. Traffic's on the increase even more now. 24 out through the Hickory Hollow area as you head towards Nashville. Lots of radar spotted out here up and down. Sections of 840 this morning. Gatlinburg Wine Cellar is home of the world-famous cotton candy wine. Check out all their flavors at GatlinburgWineCellar.com. I'm Commander Chuck with your on-time traffic. Now, more than ever, start your mornings with WGNS. The Action Line with Bart Walker. Weekday mornings at 810 on WGNS AM, FM, online. Sometimes, strange things can happen. Coast to coast, all night, every night. There's really no reason to be afraid. On WGNS AM, FM, online. Old friends, new name, better together. As First National Bank of Murfreesboro transforms into Capstar Bank, our focus is on you. We're entering a new generation of banking in Rutherford County, but we'll always remain a community bank with local people you trust and uniquely exceptional service you deserve. We're at 2230 Mercury Boulevard, capstar.com. Member FDIC, Equal Housing Lender. We're News Radio WGNS 100.5, 101.9, 1450. Online and on your phone at WGNSRadio.com. In October of 1980, George Refner was 34 years old. 
he was an employee of Thompson Green Machinery in Laverne. He was married and the father of three sons. George Refner was last seen alive by his wife around 6 p.m. on October the 28th, 1980. George Refner left home that night driving his 1980 red Toyota. He told his wife that he was going to Outlets Mall in Murfreesboro to buy a coat. George Refner never came back home. The next morning, George Refner's wife called his employer. She told the company that George had not returned home that night. A concerned company employee decided to look for George Refner. He drove toward Murfreesboro on I-24. At the 72-mile marker close to the Almaville Road exit, the concerned employee found George Refner's red 1980 Toyota. The employee called the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office. At the scene, off of the side of the roadway, a Rutherford County deputy noticed what appeared to be a shirt. Upon further investigation, the deputy discovered that the clothing was actually a body, the body of George Refner. At the autopsy, the manner and cause of death was determined to be homicide by multiple gunshot wounds. Despite many hours of investigation, detectives were unable to develop any leads or locate any additional witnesses, and the case eventually went cold. It has been several decades since George Refner was murdered. His family and friends still miss him. They seek justice for George Refner and they are asking for your help in solving his murder. If you have information regarding the murder of George Refner, please call the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office. The number to call is 615-904-3038. That number again is 615-904-3038. In January of 1980, the community of Christiana, Tennessee, suffered a tremendous loss. It was just before 7 o'clock on the night of January 16, 1980, that Rutherford County Assistant Coroner Frank Griswold phoned the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office. Griswold had called a report that Woodfin Funeral Home had been asked to respond to Wiggs Lane in Christiana, Tennessee the nature of the call to pick up a dead body. Coroner Griswold also requested that a detective respond to the scene. Detective Don Roney and Deputy Eddie Bowman soon arrive. There they find the body of Fred Wiggs. Fred Wiggs's body was located in the backyard of his home. The detectives quickly realized that Fred Wiggs was the victim of foul play. While processing the crime scene, Detective Roney found several pieces of wood that he believed were used to kill Fred Wiggs. Fred Wiggs was 70 years old. He had recently retired from his position as postmaster of Christiana, Tennessee. Rutherford County Sheriff's Office Chief Deputy Truman Jones told the media, Fred Wiggs apparently did not have any enemies he was well-respected. Over the years, and despite reward offers and keen public interest, this case remains unsolved. 
Why Fred Riggs was killed remains a mystery. His killer or killers remain at large. The Rutherford County Sheriff's Office now asks for your help. If you have information regarding the murder of Fred Wiggs, you are asked to call the Rutherford County Sheriff's Office. The number to call is 615-904-3038. That number again is 615-904-3038. One of the toughest cases for law enforcement to solve is one where a decomposed body is found and no identification can be located. If it is a male body, the body is simply referred to as John Doe. If it is a female body, they are referred to as Jane Doe. This case involves the death of someone who we can only refer to as Jane Doe. It was November the 14th, 2007, when Detective Bob Hayes of the Laverne Police Department discovered the body of Jane Doe. At the time, Detective Hayes was searching for the body of another completely unrelated murder victim. That victim was Nikki Cicino. As Detective Hayes searched the woods for Nikki Cicino's body, he made an unexpected and gruesome discovery. Detective Hayes saw what first appeared to him to be animal bones. But, upon closer examination, the remains were identified as human, and the remains appeared to be female. The body was badly decomposed, and no identification was located. To make matters worse, the victim's face could only be described as unidentifiable. From that day forward, the body has been referred to as Jane Doe. Her death was indeed a homicide, The cause of her death was a gunshot wound. Experts estimated that Jane Doe's body had been in the field between four and six months. Here is what is known about Jane Doe. Jane Doe wore jewelry, including an Avon necklace with cat imprints. She also had a ring with amber and emerald colored stones. Also, forensic artists prepared composite drawings of what they believed Jane Doe may have looked like when she was alive. As a result of all of the investigative efforts, the following information has been assembled. At the time of her death, Jane Doe is believed to have been between 25 and 45 years of age. She was between 5 foot 2 and 5 foot 9 inches tall. Her hair appears to be dark colored and curly. Her race was not able to be confirmed. One of the strongest leads is that Jane Doe had a lot of dental work. Her dental x-rays have been sent to dentists around the state. The Laverne Police Department has worked for many years trying to identify the body of Jane Doe. Those vast efforts have yielded some information, but Jane Doe's true identity remains a mystery. Now, law enforcement once again is asking for your help. If you have information about the identity of Jane Doe or who may have killed her, please contact the Laverne Police Department. The number to call is 615-793-7744. That number again is 615-793-7744. If you wish to review the information regarding Jane Doe or view the jewelry that Jane Doe was wearing, 
or view the artist drawings of how they believe Jane Doe would have appeared when she was alive. Go to the internet and simply type in Jane Doe Laverne. A family somewhere has been missing a loved one, and the person or persons who murdered Jane Doe remain free to murder again. Please help us catch a killer. As we end our program today, we thank our producer, Nick Cohen. We thank WGNS for providing the airtime. Most of all, we thank you for listening. Our next scheduled broadcast is Friday morning, August the 6th at 8, 10 a.m. on your good neighbor station, WGNS. We leave by saying, a safe community is the responsibility of each and every one of us. For my co-host, Jennings Jones, this is Paul Newman, bidding all of you a safe and blessed day. The District Attorney's Office thanks you for listening to today's program. If you have any information regarding criminal activity in our community, please contact one of our law enforcement agencies. The information presented on today's show is solely for informational benefit and not intended to be legal advice. You should always consult an attorney whenever you need or rely on legal advice. Rutherford County's most trusted name in news. Talk Radio WGNS, Murfreesboro.